now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. It's the Mike Kelter Show. It's 1025. The vote is the God. Get it, Carmen. Don't forget, it's football season. Grab a nice cold Bud Light and be sure to catch all the games with us. Look for 1025 The Bone, and you can win a big screen TV, a sound bar, Apple Watch, passes to the Mike Calder Show pregame tailgate party, which is happening this season at Raymond James Stadium. Plus, register to win $5,000 in Fan Cave cash. You can catch all the games all season long at your favorite bars. Grab the QR code to enter the win. Get all the info at BudLightFanCave.com. It is game day with 1025 The Bone and Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. And I will be at Walk-Ons on Saturday from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, in Tampa in Midtown giving away some of those tickets and a 65-inch TV. So nice. I, love, out there, I yeah. love Walk-Ons. What a great, uh, what a great food. Uh, to eat uh, walk-ons, New Orleans-type food, so check that out. Um, All right, Uh, a couple of things I want to tell you that if you did not remember, you are missing out right now as the Bone bone Anniversary, 10th Anniversary show tickets went on sale at exactly 9 o'clock, and they are flying out of Ticketmaster's hands. So we are trying to give you as much warning as possible that they are going to go fast, and if you would like to attend, it is the entire Bone staff, from everybody on the Mike Calta show, Maybe past and present, you never know. Uh, Roger, JP, Monica, Brett, uh, John, Drew, um, Johnny B, Will, Mo, Spike, JR, the whole staff, Dizzy, uh, Mike Olivero, Corey Cardinal, everybody that you're used to hearing on this radio station will be out there. We'll each have our own segments. We'll be doing different things live. And then at the end, uh, Jerry Springer will come out. Yes, that Jerry Springer, and he will conduct a Jerry Springer type show with the entire bone staff. I would imagine it's going to be a little bit of under oath, uh, hosted by Jerry Springer, and uh, it could get it could get heated. I would imagine there'll be some uh, some nasty things said about each Probably, other. Probably, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but tickets are I'm on gonna sale. I'm going to snatch somebody's wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Uh, tickets are <laughs> on sale now. You can get them at Ticketmaster at thecap.com or simply go to theboneonline.com and link over from there. Yeah, they have a click-through, and I'm looking at them right now. It looks like the dance pit is already sold out. The dance pit? Ooh. Yeah, we got a dance pit. Oh, hell yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I love the Capitol Theater. I've seen a bunch of bands there, including one of my favorites, The Counting Crows. It is not a very big place. I have uh, stood in the dance pit before, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a great time. And uh, there is going to be a uh, after party. There is going to be a Hooters lunch with Roger and JP. There's hopefully going to be a poker tournament the next day. There's going to be a Pipple Toddler show that Saturday night. The whole weekend is going to be a big anniversary weekend. So be prepared because this is going to be the main event. And if you miss out, you miss out. So go to theboneonline.com. Get your info there. Get your tickets today because this will sell out within the next hour. Hurry up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this eating and how much is left and stuff. Hurry up. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, this uh, Chris Jericho was a great guest. I Excuse me, baby got hiccups. Uh, I'm going to, during this next segment, go ahead and put all the uh, stuff on social for the event that he's going to be hosting. Um, He's great to have on. I love him. I love him because he's just so interesting to talk to for so many different things that he does in life, and he's so honest when you talk to him. This next interview is another rock star. This is Randy Bly from Lamb of God, a band that you may love, may have never heard of, may absolutely hate. It doesn't matter. They'll be here Sunday, actually. Yeah, they're here Sunday, and this is why we're playing this for you. This is an interview about a situation Randy had 
where, and I'll let him explain it to you, but he was at a concert, there was poor security, there was an accident involved, there was charges brought up, it was him having to fly back to another country. It is just insane, and it is on par kind of what's going on with uh, the WNBA player who's in Russia, what it's like to travel to another country and deal with the fact that you may have to be facing uh, you know, their laws and what's going on with them as opposed to what you think it's like being an American. And your preconceived notions about, well, I'm American, they'll save me if I'm trapped in another country, Mm. not necessarily true. Uh, I want you to hear this interview uh, because I I don't even remember. I forgot Galvin. It's really interesting. It's really interesting, and they are here this weekend. So uh, here is our interview with Randy from Lamb of God. Lead singer of Lamb of God who joins us on the show right now. Randy, how are you, sir? Hey, how's it going? Now that everything is over with, are you so proud of yourself for going back to the Czech Republic and standing trial even when you really didn't have to? I mean, I don't know if I would call it proud. I mean, I I can look at myself in the mirror and know that I did the right thing. I mean, I try not to, you know, be like some sort of egotistical jerk. Oh, I'm so proud of myself or whatever. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And, you know, I my conscience wouldn't have let me, you know, live a comfortable life if I hadn't have done that. So, you know, it's, it's not something I really am proud of. It's just it's something I did. My conscience doesn't let me do a lot of stuff, but the fact that I'm too much of a pussy to ever want to be in a, a not only jail, but a foreign jail yeah, no would kidding. probably not make me go back there. But I think when it's all said and done, that is something you should be proud of. If we can, let's if we can give a, a rundown of what happened for the people who may not know. Actually, if I could tell you what we think we know, and then you can fill in the, the spots that we have wrong, if that's cool. Sure. Okay, you guys are okay. playing. Lamb of God is over there playing in the Czech Republic. And I would imagine... A lot of places that you play that are in Europe or some maybe even some uh, Central American countries, you may not get the uh, security that is necessary for the band, correct? Well, no. Okay. This is a, uh, a fluke situation. We have, no matter where we are, we require the correct security. Um, and in our contract, it doesn't matter if we're in the Czech Republic or America or on Pluto. <laughs> we, we have in our contract, you have to provide this otherwise we won't play so our tour manager met with the promoter and the uh, security team at the venue before we played and said do you have what we need yep yeah we got it okay um and there were security guards there but then when i get on stage it's a packed place all of a sudden there's no security and the barricade is non-existent it's pushed flush with the stage and you guys are playing excitable music, you're playing metal, you're rocking out, and these kids, they love to get crazy, and now you realize that they are impeding on the stage, and you are finding that uh, that your safety is in question. Yes, that's correct. Small stage, and, you know, a lot of equipment. I, I mean, I had to crawl behind the drums and uh, go over a bunch of wires and stuff, and, you know, stuff gets knocked over, there's stuff all over the stage. I mean, our drum tech, he had a amp stack fall and once, you know, break his ankle. It, it's it's a dangerous place, especially on a small stage if you don't know what's going on. So, yeah, it's no place for anyone but the band. Our techs couldn't even get on the stage. Right. So at this point now, you're like, not only not only can't you function to play, but your safety is in question. The the guy who, who died, the victim here, do you, do you, does he, is he up there just being crazy or is he attacking or is he just impeding on space? I have no idea about this young man because, you know, I have no memory of him whatsoever. I only have what uh, I think 
I know happened. Right. And that was after, you know, hearing a bunch of testimonies and, uh, you know, reviewing what evidence we have. But there's no video of the young man at all. Uh, there were several other people who were on the stage, including one guy who kept on running over and bumping into me, knocking into me. He was on the stage again and again. Eventually, I wrestled him to the ground. <laughs> and people thought he was the uh, was the dead guy, right. you know? Um, but he, in fact... And it was in the newspapers over there, pictures of me with this guy. Um, it was in the newspapers. This is, you know, Randy with the, the death grip on this guy. Because I'm sitting on top of this guy, but he's smiling. Right. Uh, and throwing the horn. Sure. I didn't hit him or anything. That uh, guy that guy likes you, and um, the fact that you're wrestling him is probably the coolest thing that ever happened to him, that guy. Yeah, he, he showed up to the trial to testify on my behalf. He called the police. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not the dead guy. That's me. Right. He showed up to trial. He stood up and said, look, I was drunk. He didn't, I shouldn't have been there. He didn't hurt me. He was just trying to get me off the stage. <laughs> and and so, so the guy who died, how did he end up, all, how did he die? Did he get, did he have trauma to his head? Did he, 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 yeah, he had, he suffered a blow to the back of his head, um, and, uh, after the, after the show was over, he, um, they went to the hospital, he said he was feeling dizzy and nauseous, he went to a coma, and unfortunately, he died a month later, uh, I believe it was pneumonia, technically, that killed him. So, you know, so, um, as yeah, far as you know, tragic, tragic. yeah, but, but as far as you know, when that's over, you guys leave, and you go, Jesus, that was horrible security, what a crazy place to play, blah, 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 and you move on. You have no idea that that there has been uh, any tragedy no, and that no, anything... No clue that anyone was injured, much less anybody would die. Of course not. You know, we figure that out. So you carry on with the tour and with your life, and is it when you go back to the Czech Republic again that they arrest you? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we keep on touring. No big deal. We're like, oh, that was a crappy show. Um, and uh, But no memory of anyone getting hurt. Right. Big beat. Uh, and and then uh, two years later, we're back to play our next gig there. We fly from Norway to the Czech Republic, and I walk off the plane and walk to the end of the runway, and a, a SWAT team is there, like five dudes in masks with machine guns and stuff, and um, three big plainclothes detectives, and a woman who hands me a sheet of paper saying I'm being arrested for manslaughter. Oh. So I go to a 123-year-old Czech prison for 37 days. Real, real quick before we talk about that, if if this was happening and this was going on for so long, you're not a hard person to find. Why wouldn't they have just reached out to you or at least notified somebody that hey, you're under investigation? Let alone that you're wanted. Well, I don't know. That's been a, a puzzling aspect of the whole thing to me the entire time. Right. Uh, the Czech government, once the young man died a month after the show, his parents asked the police for an investigation into it, and rightfully so. If my son was killed, sure. you know, at a show, I'd want someone to tell me what happened. Sure. These people just wanted to know what happened. So the Czech police reached out to our Justice Department and said, um, you know, we, we'd like to investigate what's going on here, you know, uh, this is one of your citizens, this Randy Bly guy. Our government said, nope, nope, doesn't, doesn't sound worth it to me, or, or, or for whatever reason, they just said, we aren't going to cooperate with you, no. So, And, and, and our government doesn't even notify you? Do this. No, no, not for two years, never once. Wow. And I've never gotten a satisfactory act uh, explanation as to why. <laughs> 
my government never uh, contacted me. Right. I pay taxes, a lot of taxes. If the IRS can find me and the Justice Department can't, this country's a lot. Uh, that's yeah. a- absolute truth. We're talking to Randy Bly from Lamb of God. We're talking about this amazing and tragic story where uh, a fan dies during a show having nothing to do with with Randy and more to do with the chaos and lack of security at the show. And then Randy shows up back into the Czech Republic years later and is arrested. So at that point, they bring you to this old jail. And do you do you think at this point I'm effed or I have, listen, I'm a rock star. I've got security. We'll get this taken care of in 24 hours. Um, You know, I didn't think I'm a rock star. I'm not some sort of, I mean, I'm not Axl Rose. You know, right, right. <laughs> uh, not Led Zeppelin, right? We're we're a working class band. I mean, I make a comfortable living, but you know, it's not like we're playing these gigantic arenas over there this time. Um, but at least I would think I'm American. I'm sure American. I, There's somebody I can call. I, yeah, well, I certainly thought that it was all a mistake. That there had been some sort of mistake because I was like, they're saying I purposely assaulted this young man and and he wound up dead. And I'm like, God, it's just nonsense. I've never tried to kill anyone. Right. You know? I remember it being a crappy show, but I certainly didn't try and kill anyone. So I thought, you know, okay, there's a mistake. They're they're going to figure out this mistake and let me out. But um, pretty pretty swiftly, uh, it became apparent that this was not a mistake and that they were not going to let me out. So um, you know, I, I was in prison, paid bail. Um, we borrowed the money from bail, almost a quarter million dollars <laughs> from our label, and. Uh, because I don't have that type of cash right. laying around. Um, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to get out. You know, in two or three days, my lawyers told me. And then two or three days came by, and they are like, no, you're not going to get out. The prosecuting attorney doesn't like your bail, so he appealed it. So in America, you pay bail. You're out. You're out. Uh. Right? But I, I, I was not in America. I was in the Czech Republic, which has a very different legal system. Um, so then there was an appeals court, and then they doubled my bail. So oh. we borrowed more money. So we paid half a million dollars almost to bail, you know, 400000 or something. It was approaching half a million dollars. And then the prosecuting attorney appealed that. <laughs> so they basically didn't want you to get out. Were they worried that you would flee? Is that the problem? Yeah, I, I'm sure he was. Yeah. He was. Uh, he was worried that I wouldn't return to trial, that I was a flight risk. Um, and I mean, rightfully so, because I think they knew, you know, the prosecuting attorney, when he was giving me evidence by the investigating um, investigating officer, he's, he had wanted to charge me with manslaughter. And the investigating officer said, I, I don't think that's, you know, the correct charge here. I think that's a little heavy. And he mm-hmm. said, no, screw this guy. I want manslaughter. So they, they were trying to make an example out of me because, you know, our government didn't cooperate with their, their government or whatever. And, I mean, I don't even think the prosecuting attorney really looked at me as like a human being who's going to go do five to ten years. Oh. So I think he looked at me as a notch on his belt, you know, as a, as a middle finger to our government or whatever. Imagine if you were Axel Rose. So, he would have yeah. been, <laughs> been going crazy. Uh, this is Randy yeah. Bly from Land of God. So now you're now you're there and you're in this Czech Republic jail and, and it's what, 55 days that you ended up spending in there? 37 days. Oh, 37 close enough. Days. And and is that thirty seven days the worst hell of your life, or is it? Is there any way that it wasn't that bad? Um, you know, <laughs> it wasn't nice. People always ask, uh, you know, was it like Midnight Express? Because the prison was it was um, it was one hundred twenty three years old. There was a guillotine down the hall. Oh, oh, oh. 
Yeah, the Nazis executed almost 2,000 people in a year and a half via the guillotine. And, uh, I mean, parts of it were really messed up. It looked like parts of it were abandoned. It was like downtown Detroit. Yeah. sections, you know, it's kind of rough. Right. Um, but uh, it's not fit for human habitation. And if it was in America, they'd bulldoze it and build a Walmart immediately. Right. Um, I always, I, you know, jail was a great deterrent for me. My father worked at Rikers Island Prison in New York. I was like a mediocre uh, yeah. kid, but I stayed out of trouble because I never wanted to go to jail. I and I would imagine that in thirty, yeah, in thirty seven. Uh, in 37 days, that's enough time where I got to take showers in front of other dudes. And, and I always think jail rape happens in the first two weeks because I watch a lot of Oz. I, I don't want to be there at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just never know yeah. who's going to stab I you. Luckily, I didn't get a boyfriend while I was in there. No. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I do remember the first time I went to the shower. I actually wrote about this in my book. You know, the one thing you think when you go to prison is what do you know not to do when you should go to shower? Don't, don't drop, drop the, show. the soap. Yeah, don't drop the soap. What did I do? Oh. The soap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like scrubbing and like, it goes boop out of my hands. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lowered myself to the ground. Nobody paid attention. No. I mean, nobody was like mess with me. You know, no, nobody messed with me in there. Everybody knew that this was all a bunch of nonsense. All the prisoners knew what was going on. So, I mean, luckily, I didn't have any problems. It wasn't. I, I didn't get tortured, but I mean, it was not fit for human habitation. It yeah. is a messed up, messed up place. So, I, you know, and that. The uh, Czech government has been reprimanded by the EU uh, for their the, the shape of their penal system, and uh, several human rights watch uh, organizations looked at that prison uh, and said, you know, this place is no good. I mean, a few months before I went in there, they foiled a planned riot, and they found hundreds and hundreds of, of shanks and, and stabbing weapons in my prison a few the year before, a few months before, so... Like, I'm just glad a riot didn't break out while I was in there because I don't speak the language. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't have known what to do. Just keep my back to the wall, you know? No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, did any of the guys uh, speak English? Like, could you communicate with anybody? Or were they all speaking? Uh, a couple. Yeah. I, I, I met three that were fluent in English, you know? Um, and by fluent is one, one or two was fairly fluent. There was an Irish guy in there, and he spoke English, but very... Irish, yeah. <laughs> Irish English. He was almost almost as hard to understand as the dude with a Czech accent and their English. He's a nice guy, though. He'd been in there six months, hadn't been charged yet. Oh, uh, Jesus! So yeah. you, you you eventually get out and and then you leave. And then the reason why I started the interview asked you if you were proud of yourself because even after hearing all these stories, now you voluntarily return to stand trial, knowing full well that the system yeah. was already corrupt and that they could, uh, you could end up back there for a long time. Yes. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, um, that's admirable. And the reason why you tell everybody, the reason why you did it, it wasn't for money, it wasn't for any other, it was because you felt for the uh, for the family of the victim. Yeah, you know, that's the, that was the number one reason. I mean, these people, the family of this young man never wants, they were, A, they were immensely strong people. Yeah. They never once attacked me in the press. They never once came at me in court. They never once came at me in private on the side or anything. They just wanted to know what had happened to their boy, you know? 
And yeah. I cannot blame them. I, they handled it with such grace that I, I personally don't think I would have been able to handle it like they did. Right. You know, they handled it. They, they were like, we're going to let the system figure this out. And, you know, before I even got out of prison, I wrote them a letter. And I'm like, look, you know, I, I, they didn't respond to me, you know, but I, I heard that they had appreciated it. I wrote them a letter and said, look, I'm going to come back to trial if I get out of here, I promise you. Because, you know, I wanted some answers as well. Right. You know, I wanted some answers for myself, and I wanted them to have whatever answers I could give them. Um, this is just tragic, you know. This The main thing is, in, the, in all of this, I went to prison for 37 days. I had a scary year of my life dealing right. with this, but I'm still alive. You know, this is a family that lost their son. So Did- I tried to keep that person foremost in my mind. Do you feel like they got some closure from the trial? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a Hallmark card. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I think they got the answers that they were looking for, um, and they were very, very cool about it. You know, they before the judgment was rendered, because they had automatically, they had taken a damage claim against me for money. Right. Um, the, the family of this young man, because the mother... She couldn't go back to work. She, you know, had to get psychiatric treatment. And these are just regular people. Yeah, they they lost a child. Just, just, yeah, just so that, you know, uh, they could, the mother could be taken care of. But before the judgment was even rendered, they said, okay, look, we reviewed the evidence. um, And the best that we can, we think that, you know, Mr. Bly here is not fully at fault for this. This is, you know, obviously a security issue. So we withdraw our claim of money. They wow. withdrew their claim of money. So they were stand-up people. And, and, know, and I guess they, they were immensely stand-up people. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they they certainly suffered. They lost a child, and they wanted they wanted, like you said, they wanted answers. And you, I think, uh, were also stand-up by willing by going in, facing the uh, <laughs> nothing's worse than facing a corrupt government, uh, but going there just solely to help that family out. I think that's going to go a, a long way with them in dealing. with with their tragedy. And in the meantime, though, uh, you know, you, you know what it's like to have that terrible year. It kind of makes you appreciate things more and Lamb of God still out, still on tour yeah. and still doing well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes you, I mean, I for me, I really started appreciating my life when I got sober a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I was sober when I was arrested and when I went to prison and all this stuff. So I knew I had to do the right thing because I, I used to drink my face off and try and run away from my problems and couldn't do that anymore. So, isn't it great yeah, that you were sober? Because you would have been you would have been drinking uh, toilet hooch in the prison if you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have gone back for trial, but if I had been drinking, it probably wouldn't have gone so well. Because um, the Czechs make really good beer, the world's best. Um, <laughs> well, look, I'm. So, I, I mean, the the whole thing plays out whether whether you're a fan of the band or not. It, it, the story is miraculous. The book is called Dark Days: A Memoir from Randy Bly, the lead singer of Lamb of God. Uh, again, I know you don't want to hear it, but you're, you're that's a stand up thing you did, and uh, it's a crazy tale. I'm I'm glad that you decided to write about it because it's a very interesting story. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, and, and good luck. I hope uh, people uh, pick it up and, and read it. Thank you so much. All right, Randy. Thanks for, for being on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'll right. be good. Take it easy. There you go. Randy Bly, lead singer, prisoner. It's the Mike Kelton. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.